King David says these words, who in the world can come and dwell in the presence of the Lord? Who can remain there but him who walks in integrity? That's what King David actually said. He had such a longing to be in the presence of the Lord, but when he looked at what it took to get into the presence of the Lord and to remain in that place, he said, God, I gotta have integrity. And you know, it's almost a fearful thing to think about, if we're honest. It's almost a fearful thing to think about a thrice holy God that has angels circling around his throne to look out and say, come into my presence, but you must have integrity. Or King David said it this way, but him who walks in integrity. But you know, the reality is, is that we're on another side of the cross and that walking with integrity is not an adjective, which is a descriptive word of an attribute. That word for us is a noun. It is walking with integrity. We walk with him who's perfect. And because of that, we get to come into the presence of the Lord. It is a crazy thought for me. And as the church, I believe the Lord actually wants people that are never settled with this idea that we get to go into the presence of the Lord, not based off of our attributes, but based off of the one we walk with. So let us never grow casual with what we have as the church. And I believe that's why King David was dancing one day when the presence of the Lord came into the throne of God, into his temple. So church, we are blessed. People today are searching for things all over the world and they might look fancy on the outside. We are the most blessed people in the entire world. Let us never take that for granted. Never, ever, ever take that for granted. I know I was a drug addict, and one word of Jesus in my heart set me free, and the presence of the Lord came into my body, and I have been on a one-route track toward the heavens where the thrice holy angels are now allowing me into the fiery presence of God. I'm excited every time I get to experience the presence of the Lord. So let us not ever, ever, ever grow casual with that. Praise the Lord. That's why it's hard to teach after worship like that. Um, but hey, teaching is worship as well, I guess. Um, guys, good to be with you this afternoon. Um, Times Square Church is always exciting to be with you. Visitors, um, those who are online, it's always a blessing to truly be with you guys. And um, today we're going to be looking at a certain uh, subject that I believe is a very important topic for us to study out. So as you get your Bibles out and any pens and paper, um, flip your Bible to John chapter 10. John chapter 10. And when you get to John chapter 10, <clears throat> go ahead and flip your Bible also to 1 Peter chapter 1, but then go back to John chapter 10. Those are our two portions of scriptures we'll be in, mostly John chapter 10, but we will use 1 Peter to back up some of the uh, teaching that we're looking at in John chapter 10. Thank you, Lord, for your presence. God, thank you for your presence. We know that only you could have done such a miracle to allow people like us that were born into a fallen environment and that had a penalty written over our life, that had a power working inside of us amongst the presence of evil. Only you could create a miracle that could cause us to be set free from all of those barriers that were keeping us out of your presence. Only you could, God. And God, we just stand here today saying thank you. Thank you, Father, 
Thank you for your word that has given us so much truth, God, that we can understand the way and the truth and the life, Father. And today, God, our hearts are hungry. We do want to know our Father. We want to know Christ. And God, we want the help that you've provided for us along this journey. So Holy Spirit, would you come and help us in this hour, God, in this time, in this generation? God, you know what we need today, Father, and we just ask you by your very word and spirit that you would provide that. And we pray this in Jesus' name, amen. John chapter 10, verse one is where we're gonna begin, and our title today is called Discerning the Good Shepherd's Voice. It's a very important thing to be able to discern. And the writer starts off by saying the words of Jesus as he gives an illustration. He says, truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door but climbs in another way, that man is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. And to him the gatekeeper opens and the sheep hear his voice. Somebody say the word hear his voice. And he calls his own sheep by name, and he leads them out. And when he has brought out all of his own, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. Yet a stranger they will not follow, but they will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of a stranger. Now Jesus is beginning to put a illustration out there for those who have been born again, who now have ears of the Spirit to hear what the Spirit has to say. A very familiar statement concerning the book of Revelations as well as Jesus saying to his people, whoever has ears, you have the ability to hear. So you need to learn to listen to what the Spirit is saying. And Jesus in John chapter 10, around seven times he speaks out, you need to be able to hear. You've got to hear. You've got to know what I'm saying. And we know that the word hear is a very important word concerning those who have been born again because Jesus has given us his teaching. But what Jesus is actually telling us in the first five verses is this. There's two different voices. There's a good shepherd's voice and then there's a stranger voice. Now, what Jesus did not say is this, my followers, I'm going to pre prevent you from hearing the bad shepherd's voice. That's not what he said. He said, you're going to hear two voices, and you've got to be able to discern which one is the good shepherd's voice and which one is the bad shepherd's voice or the stranger's voice. So he, Jesus sets this up by giving us a very important illustration. There are two voices that's going to come in, but our key word that we're going to look at here for a moment is the word hear. Somebody say, listen up. Listen. Hear. That is the very important word that we're looking at today because looking at it scripturally, I have a point here that's going to come up because this is very important. When you look at the Greek word to hear, it has a threefold meaning, and it says this. It's to listen to accept, and to respond to. When Jesus says, my sheep hear my voice, it means they do hear a noise. They are able to recognize a noise, but my sheep will also accept what that noise is implying to them, and then they will follow of what that noise was trying to tell them to do. So hearing has a threefold implication for us today. And the question I'm gonna ask us today is which voice have we been hearing? We will know which voice we're hearing by seeing which voice we've been following. 
We'll know which voice we're following by seeing the environment we find ourselves in. Okay? So, hearing is a very important truth for us to know today. There's so many voices in our environment in the midst of where we live that are trying to speak for God today. So many voices that are trying to captivate our ears, trying to cause us to accept their knowledge, trying to get us to follow them. These voices are ultimately trying to control us. They're trying to cause us to respond to them and to follow them. Some of these voices come into our life from deep relationships that we've had with other people in our life. There has been roots deposited within us that become a filter system for our ears. That when we even hear the good shepherd voice, all of a sudden we put an old filter upon it. And all of a sudden we begin to misconcept what Jesus was trying to say to us. Voices from people in our present can actually become voices that are bad voices. A bad shepherd's voice. Voices in our society, from the radio, from television, from advertisement. As you walk out these doors today, you will see voices all over the place that are trying to get you to listen, trying to get you to accept, and trying to get you to follow. There's even voices within ourselves. Even voices from our own ideas. Voices that we want to think of on ourselves, and we say, I'm going to follow my own thought. And in this society in which we live now, they actually say it's okay to be whatever you think. Whatever voice you're hearing within yourself, follow it. That's true freedom. But I want to give us a little bit of an understanding upon that real quick, okay? Listen to this. 1 Thessalonians 5.23, don't flip there, but it says this. Now may God sanctify you entirely, and may your spirit, soul, and body be preserved complete without blame until the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, Paul just gave us a very interesting understanding concerning our being, our created being. We're a triune being created in three different parts, a body, a soul, and a spirit. Now, each one of those parts of our body has a communication element to it. And I want us to understand, the spirit was originally created in us as the highest part of our being. The spirit is where we communicated with God. It's a place where our reasoning lives within us. Our moral abilities live within us. It's within the spiritual realm of who we are created to be. But then you also have a soul, which is what makes you different than me. Your personalities, your abilities. It, was, it makes Ryan, Ryan. It makes Steve, Steve. It makes us different people. That's the soul. But then we also have this body, this outward physical tent that the spirit and the soul lives in. And this body is how we communicate with the physical world around us. So the spirit was created to communicate with God. The soul was created to actually communicate with a difference of people around us. And our body was created to communicate with the material world in, the, in which we live today. But you know, when we fail, that spiritual life that was connected to God and received our, all of our, 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 our right thinking from God to dictate our spirit and our, I mean, our soul and our body, when we fell from God, we were disconnected from the moral being and our spirit fell to the lowest part of our created being. Now more dictated by our soul with what people think about us and our body. 
with the pleasures of this body, with the lust of the flesh, with desiring to have the pleasures that, that satisfy our soul and our body. Because of that, our own mind, because of that now, our own desires, we cannot trust them. They are voices that will mislead us as a bad shepherd will. But listen to this incredible voice that the writer of Hebrews says, incredible. For the word of God is living and active and sharper than any double-edged sword. Watch, and it is able to pierce as far as the division of soul and spirit and joints and marrow. The word of God is able to split between the spirit and the soul and the body. And it is able to judge the thoughts and the intent of the heart. So the word of God is actually able to cause our spirit, which was created as the highest part of our being. The word of God comes in and it begins to separate the three triune beings of how we're made. And it begins to restore that spirit into the, the spirit of, inside of us into the union with God. Okay, now that is where we're at as Christians. If you've been born again, that spirit is alive. Now your spirit is a, a living being that is connected to God, that it has eyes of faith and it has ears to hear who God is. What we're talking today is about learning these ears of the spirit that God has given us again. He who has ears to hear, what does the Bible say? Let him hear. Do you think God cares about what we hear? Faith comes by hearing. Now watch, your faith is being developed by whatever you hear. So we're getting faith not only in God, but we might be getting faith in other voices in the world. Faith comes by what you listen to. And your faith is what is dictating your life. Okay, so that's what we're trying to reorganize today is what voice are we listening to? Somebody say this, listen up. We're wanting to listen up to what Jesus is saying here in John chapter 10. Now before we get into this, we gotta have a little bit of a backdrop to the illustration of sheep. Because Jesus is using a very basic understanding in, in, the, in the disciples' mind of the first century uh, time here. He's speaking to them about sheep. For us, we don't know much about sheep, but listen to this about sheep. Sheep, number one, aren't very smart. I didn't say that about you. That was God. I'm joking. But sheep are not very smart. They were not, they're not the most intelligible creatures. They cannot see that well. They could only see a small amount of distance. They can't really see what's coming up too far away. They're easily afraid. They're easily pestered. They eat things that are not good for them. <laughs> not just physically. They'll get lost easily from the flock. But the one thing that sheep do well is this. When a shepherd comes into the midst of a flock that the sheep know care about them, the sheep will always stick close to their shepherd. It's amazing that God put that nature inside of a sheep because he was going to teach us how we are his sheep and how he is a good shepherd. So that is a bit of the backdrop concerning the sheep. But we also got to understand the placement of where the sheep go. The sheep go within a pen 
that is about a 10-foot block wall with no roof over the top of it, 10-foot high, about a rectangle shape with one door. So every evening as these shepherds would bring their flock of sheep, they put them inside of this room and they'll put all of them in there together until the morning time. And through the night, those sheep will stay inside of that room until their shepherd comes. That sets us up for what Jesus is trying to teach us about if you have ears to hear, to hear my voice, to accept my words, to respond to my voice, then you are actually my sheep. Okay, so with that in mind, let's look back at verse two. Let's pick up the good shepherd voice. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him, the gatekeeper opens, and the sheep hear his voice when he calls, meaning they listen, they hear something. And his own sheep he calls by name. They accept when he calls, and then he leads them out, which means they follow him. But look at verse 5. Here comes the voice of the bad shepherd. And a stranger they simply will not follow, but will flee from him because they do not know the voice of the stranger. Look at the sheep's response to the bad shepherd's voice here. Just quickly, the, the sheep's response to the stranger shepherd is what? They flee. So guys, this is really where we're going to end at today, is which voice are you listening to? Which voice is governing our life? Because today I'm praying that we begin to discern the voice of the good shepherd so we can recognize the voice of the bad shepherd. And whatever voices of the bad shepherd has been in our life, here's our solution. Flee from it. Today, you flee from it in the name of Jesus. And we start chasing the good shepherd's voice, and I'm going to tell you why throughout this uh, illustration, okay? Um, <clears throat> real quick, so if Jesus is trying to tell us this, you've got to learn to discern my voice how will we learn to discern his voice over the bad shepherd voice? Well, if I was to stand up here in this room right now, and I had about five men behind me, and one of them was my father, who I've known my entire life, he's still alive, I'm 37 years old, and if each of them was to call out my name, just Ryan, do you know I could figure out which one my father is? Now, how many of you think you could choose which one your father is if five Different men were calling out your name. One of them was your father. If you believe you could recognize your father's name or, or voice, I want you to raise your hand. Why can you recognize your father's voice? Because you know him. Why do you know his voice? You've spent time with him. You have been with him long enough that you can recognize his voice. A very important spiritual truth for tuning in our ears to the Lord, to his voice. The more we spend time with him, the more you begin to discern which voice is his. That's why it's so important for us to be in this word daily, because we've got to learn what his voice sounds like. And when you're walking around in this world, you will hear his voice, and all of a sudden as a sheep, you're going to, yes, Lord? You're going to know his voice. It's going to recognize. Look, I own two Australian shepherds. They're shepherd dogs, and they could be a half a mile away from me. And as soon as I give them a whistle, do you know what they do? Man, they take off running toward that whistle. You know why? They know my whistle. But do you know that that's what God wants with us? As soon as we're able to pick up on his voice speaking, we begin to look at him and listen to him. That is one way that we begin to discern the voice of the good shepherd, is spending time with him in his word. 
Now, a second way for us to begin to learn the voice of the Good Shepherd is this. If my father today was to write me a letter, and that letter was sitting in front of me with five other letters, I guarantee you I could pick out which letter was my father's. Number one, the spelling's gonna be wrong. <laughs> he spells things as they're said. And if, he, and if the other four men didn't know my father, then they're gonna spell it right. So I'm gonna know which letter is my father's, but number two, because I know my father's character. I know that my father will be trying to teach me something to benefit my life. I know it. He's not going to waste time with a letter without benefiting me. I know that's my father, but also he's going to teach me these truths through some type of nature. He's going to talk about ducks. He's going to talk about trees. He's going to talk about anything that he can think about that is nature to get across the point to me. So this is the spiritual truth I want us to understand with that, okay? For us to discern the voice of the good shepherd. Number one, the more we spend time with his voice, the more we will discern which one was his. But number two, the more you begin to learn the character of the good shepherd, the more you're gonna to begin to discern his voices as you're living throughout this world. So knowing his voice by spending time with him and discovering his character are the two most important keys for us as good sheep to begin to tune in our ears to hear the good shepherd. Does that make sense with us so far? Okay, so here we go. This is what we're gonna do. We're gonna walk through about three different points to recognize the bad shepherd's voice. Jesus gives us three different, at least three, three different voices of the bad shepherd. And as we look at these, I'm gonna ask you, are you following that voice? Number one, and these are also going to be on the screen. Number one is this. The bad shepherd will come in with a voice saying this. It's your life. Do whatever you want to do. Verse number one, Jesus says these words. Truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs in by another way, that man is a thief and a robber. So as these sheep were within this pen at the nighttime, do you know what a bad shepherd would do? will climb over the top and come in when it's dark, when it's lonely, when the season has been long, and they'll begin to take the sheep out before the shepherd comes. Now that is very insightful, spiritually speaking, because the bad shepherd's voice will come into our lives in dark times, in hard times, in lonely times, in long seasons, saying there's another way to go about life. You don't have to wait for Jesus to make up your mind on what to do. You can just choose it on your own. This is your life. There is another option. Have you heard that voice before? In a long season, waiting for the shepherd, waiting for his direction, but then all of a sudden the thought comes, you know what, let me just make a decision. Let me just go this way. It's my life. So number one, Jesus is saying, look, in the journey of discovering my voice, I also want you to discover the lies of the bad shepherd voice. He will come in saying, it's your life, do whatever you want to do. Number two, this is what he's gonna say. This is your problem, fight your way out. This is your problem, fight your way out. Look at verse number 12. Jesus said, he who is a hired hand, or not really the shepherd, and does not care about the, sh uh, and is not a shepherd, 
who does not own the sheep, watch what he does. He sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. And the wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he is a hired hand and actually cares nothing for the sheep. So that strange voice comes into our life really in struggles, in weaknesses, in temptations, in failures. He comes into our life when we have struggled with something in our life and he begins to say this, fix it. You work it out. You bring your best to the game. You fight this thing out. You don't actually have a helper who's going to help you right now. Now, look, I know that that is very bold right now, but I guarantee you we've all heard that voice before. It's just like in the days of Israel when Goliath would come out every morning shouting at the people of God, bring your best man out here to fight me. Just bring your best one man, fight me. If I beat him, do you know what happens? You'll be my servants forever. And how many times do we receive that call and we bring our best to the game, then we fall one more time, and then the deception comes, the depression comes, we're going to be slaves to this area of our life forever. That is a lie that is not the good shepherd. So all I'm trying to say is that if you have been listening to that voice, or if it has roots inside of us from misconceptions, from whatever in our life, we've got to flee from that voice. It is a voice saying that God's covenant with you is not truly going to help you. That the Spirit of God will not actually give you strength over this battle. Number three, here comes the bad shepherd. He comes in and he says these very destructive words. God is finished with you. Look at verse number 10. The thief, who is the strange shepherd, the thief comes only to do what? Steal, kill, and destroy. This is the voice of the bad shepherd, always coming to speak words that try to steal our identity, to kill our calling, to destroy God's character in our mind. This is a loud voice at times, especially for those who have walked a long time with the Lord. And I'm going to draw out a story from the Old Testament. I'm going to walk through it extremely quick. But this is why I want, you to, want us to see this. Because Abraham was a man who walked with the Lord for 24 years. But at the very beginning of his believing walk, his Christian beginning, he had this incredible struggle in his life where he gave his wife away because he was afraid of a king. But here he is 24 years later in the book of Genesis, and all of a sudden, when the right environment he gets placed into, do you know what surfaces out of him? The exact same struggle. And it's like I've been walking for the Lord for 24 years now. I, I know I had struggles when I was a young Christian, but then I saw all the supernatural miracles of God. I saw his victory in so many different ways, and then all of a sudden, this struggle comes out of my life again. And then this voice comes in, beginning to speak, God is finished with you. You should be over with that by now. I know that that's a bold statement, but it comes in many different subtle ways. And listen to what actually happened. This king, on the second time that Abraham gave his wife away, God came and stopped this king from marrying Abraham's wife. And then this king came to Abraham and said these words, or he actually did this. He went to all of his servants and he told all of his servants everything Abraham had done. That's crazy that the bad shepherd actually publicized his sin. 
right? He wanted other people to know because then a shame begins to creep in of Abraham's life. The second thing he does is this. He calls Abraham and says, what have you done to us? How could you still commit a sin like this, Abraham? Do you hear the bad shepherd's voice? It'll come in many different forms through people's lives, through our own, through our own body, through our own mind. Abraham, how could you commit such a sin? Then he goes on to say this. What you have done, no one should be doing. This type of sin has went way too far, Abraham. Now, guys, look, I'm not taking anything away from what Abraham did. It was completely wrong. But what, what we got to do today is this. What did the good shepherd say? Because I want you to actually look at how the good shepherd, how God's voice actually responded. Because picking out the bad shepherd's voice is actually a, a better way to pick it out by actually just listening to God's voice. Watch what happens. In Genesis chapter 20, don't flip there, but this is what God said to Abimelech, the king. He said this, king, restore Abraham's wife to him. In other words, God just showed up and spoke as the good shepherd and said, restore his promises. God didn't even show up to Abraham and didn't even say nothing to Abraham. He spoke to the enemy and said, give him back his promises. Restore his promises. The second thing he said was this, Abraham is a prophet. Meaning this, he has a calling from me and you can't touch it. That's crazy to me. You understand, we recognize the bad shepherd's voice by hearing the good shepherd's voice. And Abraham's sitting here capturing this and you know what's happening to Abraham's fate? His perception's changing, his ears are opening and he's reminding himself of how great his good shepherd is. The third thing that God says is this, King, Abraham's gonna pray for you and for your nation and your nation will experience life. That's crazy, which says this, the good shepherd comes in and says, your promises are yours, your calling is yours, and your life is going to make a difference. I'm your shepherd, he's not your shepherd. He can say whatever he wants to, but you need to listen to my voice. And what I love about it is what God said is actually before what the enemy said. So God spoke these things out before the enemy ever even got his voice out. So as his sheep, we have got to form our ears, form our ears to discern the good shepherd's voice by knowing his words, because there's going to be a bad shepherd try to come in and distort his words. But we've also got to know his character. If we know these two things, we will never be deceived by the bad shepherd's voice. God's character desired restoration, not separation. That's his character always. He said these words, restore. So today I'm going to pray this over your ears. If we have been hearing the bad shepherd's voice, restore their ears, cleanse their ears, restore their sensitivity to your voice, because that is everything. Paul said these words, we destroy arguments and every lofty opinion that is raised up against the knowledge of God. We destroy every argument, every thought that tries to come up against the knowledge of God. We destroy them and we take the thought captive to obey Jesus, to listen to him, to accept his words and to follow his words. So flee from the bad shepherd today. That's all you gotta do. 
If you're in shame because of a struggle, flee from that, run to the good shepherd. Listen to his words over your life. So here we go. We're going to look at four different characteristics to, to wrap up this study today. We're going to look at four characteristics of the good shepherd, okay? Everybody say with me real quick, good shepherd. Good shepherd. Because that's all we care about is the good shepherd, right? Good shepherd, chapter 10, verse 3. And I'm going to tell us the character of the good shepherd, not his voice here, the character. The first character that we're going to pull out today is this. His character is marked with love for every individual. Where do I get that from? John 10, verse 3. To him the gatekeeper opens, the sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. Watch, guys. Do you know Jesus knows you by name? He does not look at you as the flock. He looks at you as the individual sheep. And as the shepherd shows up after a long night, do you know what he does to get his sheep out from the midst of all the other shepherd's sheep? He calls their name. He doesn't just say, flock, come. He begins to say, Joe, Susan, Lucy, Jeremiah, Felipe, Whatever the names are, if that was your name, sorry. Whatever the names are, he begins to call it out. But listen, this is what I really want us to capture is this. This to me is awesome. But in verse 14 of chapter 10, Jesus gives us a better illustration of our name. Watch this. He says, I am the good shepherd, and I know my own, and my own know me. Verse 15, even as the Father knows me, and I know the Father. How the Father knows and sees the Son is how the Son knows and sees us. How the Father looks at the righteousness of the Son, the chosenness of the Son, the perfection of the Son is how Jesus looks at us. That's exactly what Jesus is saying. So when you see how the Father looks at the Son and calls him by the chosen Son, do you know what name we have? Jesus looking at us. You are chosen. You are my chosen sheep. That is your name, that is my name. I am Ryan, the chosen of God. And that is the only name that he's gonna call me from because the same way the Father looks at the Son is the same way the Son looks at me. It's an incredible thought. We are chosen by the Father and by the Son. And it also says this, our names have been imprinted on the palm of his hand. So when he shows up to begin to speak to us, we gotta understand the character of the Good Shepherd is this. I individually know you. But here comes the formation of our ears. If he individually knows you, that means he's going to individually speak to you. Which means he is walking with you every step of the way, which means he's speaking to you. You cannot get away with it as his sheep of saying, he's not speaking to me. You cannot get away with saying, I'm just going to pretend like he's not speaking to me. Because he knows you by name. And he's going to speak to you individually. That's his character, okay? He speaks. Number two, the character of the good shepherd is this. His voice is this. It is marked with counsel. It's very important for us to understand. Look at verse four of chapter 10 in John. When Jesus or the good shepherd has brought out all of his sheep, he goes before them and the sheep follow him for they know his voice. Guys, watch, this is so important for us to understand. 
Because in this journey, we find his voice attractable because of his love. But if we find his voice attractable because of his love, we also have to find his voice very trustworthy with his counsel. Do you understand that? The two have to go hand in hand. If you love his voice when he speaks, you've got to trust his counsel when he speaks. Which means if he's telling us how to handle our relationships, we have to handle them the way that he says it because we trust him. We trust his voice. He says, my sheep will follow me. If he tells us how we handle our marriages, we have to follow it because we trust his counsel. If we're his sheep and we find his voice attractable, we also have to find it trustworthy for its counsel. Does that make sense? How we treat our body, how we speak to people, what we do with our time, even Paul says, follow me as I follow him. It's this concept of we are following him because we trust his words. The third character of his voice, number one, it is marked with individual love for you. Number two, it is marked with counsel for you. So as he speaks to you, it's almost like you are forgiven, but go sin no more. He's tying both of them in at the same time. Number three, watch what happens here. The character of the good shepherd is also marked with grace. His voice is always going to be marked with grace. In verse nine, you guys with me say, I'm with you. Verse nine says, I am the door. If anyone enters through me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. Now, guys, watch. I really got to get us to understand this because spiritually speaking, this is twofold how his voice is marked with grace. He says this, you will go in and out to find good pasture. Number one, his voice is speaking for us in the throne room of grace, to receive grace in the time of need. That's what his voice is always doing over our life. As he speaks, he's encouraging us of the grace that we've received from heaven. But secondly, the grace is is coming out of us in the earth which means now we have the power to do what he's commanded us to do. That's, to me, what he means by we go in and out to find the right pasture. We find ourselves in the right environments, in the right situations, because we have been attracted by his word. His word has given us counsel and we trust it, but then we find ourselves finding this power from the throne room of God, and we can now find ourselves in the right pasture. Listen, this is what grace is, Titus 2.10. For the grace of God has appeared instructing us to deny ungodliness and worldly desires and to live sensibly and righteously. Guys, look, if we are his sheep, it will be marked by hearing his voice, accepting his voice, and then following in his voice. But the good shepherd's voice is so much better than other shepherds' voice because it gives us a power to live out that voice. That's this shepherd's voice that I want to follow. The last one we're going to look at is this. The good shepherd's voice is this, the character of it. It is also marked with mercy. Look at verse 11. Chapter 10, verse 11, Jesus says these words, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. What an incredible good shepherd. This is also twofold. When we mess up, he has laid down his life for us. When the enemy comes up against us, he lays down his life in between us and the enemy. Look, guys, 
capture this, because this is where we're beginning to close. That's your shepherd. That's your shepherd. He has laid down your, his life for you. For every time we fall in the heavens, he is our sacrifice for that. So you know what we do when we fall? We get right back up because we hear his loving voice that says, you are chosen of me. I see you as a saint, not a sinner. You get right back up. Now trust my counsel. Watch my power come inside of you and get going again. And if the enemy comes, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to cause you to not have to fight it, but I'm going to lay down my life in between the two. That's your shepherd. That is your shepherd. Jesus says this, my father has given you to me and I am great or he is greater than all and no one can snatch you out of my father's hand. I and the father are one. Why do you think King David said these words, guys? And this is where we're closing. Um, if I could, just have the uh, worship team come right back out because we're gonna take a moment for a special prayer today. Why do you think King David said these words in Psalm 23? The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Which shepherd do you want? Which shepherd are you listening to? Are you feeling bothered today, anxiety-driven, fearful? Are you trying to fight your own battles? Because the good shepherd says this, the battle does not belong to you, it belongs to me. You just listen to my voice and follow me. Now, guys, look, we've got to recondition our ears to discern the good shepherd's voice. He sees what's ahead of us. The sheep can't see it, he sees it. The sheep get fearful very easily, but he's got anointing to rub all over those sheep to keep them from getting fearful. This is our shepherd. I don't want no other. He has caused me to lie down in the green pastures. Are you experiencing that? Because if you are, you can say, I'm listening to his voice. But if you're not, I'm just gonna encourage you today, which voice are you listening to? He has led me beside the quiet waters. He has restored my soul. He guides me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil. He is with me. He is preparing a table before me in the presence of my enemies. He's anointing my head with oil. My cup is overflowing. Surely goodness and mercy, grace and mercy will follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Guys, look, this is what we've done. We have exposed the voice of the bad shepherd today in three different areas. We've also demonstrated the character of the one that's speaking to you. Knowing his character, we will better sense his voice. If we can, just for a second, let's stand. I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell us real quick, watch. I'm gonna tell us real quick two very quick stories, okay? Now please listen to this because it's gonna tie these up. One day when I was a, before I was saved, I was a cocaine addict, heroin addict. I was out on the streets and all of a sudden a friend came driving by and found me on the side of the street and said these words, Ryan, you've got to go home. It was about two o'clock in the morning. Ryan, you've got to go home. And I said, there's no way I'm going back to my parents' house. They're gonna be so upset with me. They said, I've already called your parents. They said, you can come home. I got in the truck with him, I had been on cocaine all that night and I, walked, and I went home and all I could think of is how upset my father was gonna be. 
And as I walked into the door, you know, my father was standing in the kitchen, and all I did was walk right past him, went back into the corner of my room, kept the lights off, and sat down. All I'm feeling is the misery of being a son that is disappointed, feeling the struggles of knowing I can't get myself off of these drugs, feeling the weight of all the bad, all the bad um, decisions I've made. And then all of a sudden, the door opens up, my father walks in, and you know what my father does? He comes and sits down next to me, puts his arm around me and holds me all night. He didn't say a word to me. All he did was put his arm around me. And do you know that that was the beginning for me to understanding the character of the good shepherd? And all I could think about was this. I know my dad would have given anything to swap places with me that night. He would have taken my struggles on him in a heartbeat to give me his disciplines, his abilities to walk free of drugs. He would have swapped in a heartbeat, but he couldn't. But I began to understand another father that could. And that is your good shepherd. Listen. We as the people of God have got to have a discerning ear to know which voice we're listening to. And find out the father's character because that is the voice you've got to follow. Second story is this. And this is where I'm ending and this is going to close us in a time of prayer. Me and my wife got saved, and uh, we were in church. Well, I got saved. She's been saved since birth. <laughs> so we, we were saved, and we were in church, and we were worshiping the Lord. And, and my uncle was in a hospital bed who, who had also been doing drugs a lot in his life. And, and his leg was about to be amputated. And he wasn't saved at the time. But his leg was about to be cut off because the uh, arteries were clogged. And we are worshiping, and we felt like the Lord said, Go up and get a paper towel, anoint it with oil, and go and rub it on his ears and, said, and, and pray these words. I bind every lie of the enemy, and I loosen the Father's voice in his ears. So we went up, asked the pastor to anoint it, to pray over it. We went into the hospital. We told him what I felt the Lord had said, and we took that. He said, okay, let's do it. We took it and rubbed it around his ears. I'm not lying, on a Sunday. The next day was the surgery. His leg was looking better, so they ran some more tests. Arteries had all opened up. The, the, arteries, the arteries opened up. They released him. On Wednesday, he walked out of his bedroom, went into his uh, living room, fell down to the Lord, gave his life to the Lord. He's still serving the Lord today. What voice are you listening to? And we're going to make a prayer today. And I'm going to ask that all of us would cover our ears and that we would begin to ask the Lord to anoint our ears again, to hear only his voice. And, I, and guys, we've got to be dependent upon the Holy Spirit for what is about to happen in this room. But I'm believing in a restoration of our ears today. And I'm going to encourage you to go back to John 10 and read looking for the character of the good shepherd and the bad shepherd. Read through it. Mark G every time you see good. Mark B every time you see bad. But today, we're asking for the anointing on our ears again. If you've been listening to the bad shepherd's voice, and I'm just going to ask you right now, if you would just raise up your hand, because we're going to make a prayer for you. If you recognize that he's been speaking into your ears, and that today you want it gone, in the name of Jesus, you're wanting it gone. I'm just going to ask that you raise your hands up to the Father, and we're going to ask that there would be a restoration of your spiritual ears. 
Father, you see every hand that is up right now, God. But Lord, more than that, these are your sheep that are craving their good shepherd. They're craving their father's love, their father's voice, their father's touch, their father's strength, their father's uh, promises, the father's counsel. And God, I pray right now by the Holy Spirit, God, that you would open up their ears, their ears, God, that you would bind up every lie of the enemy. God, every root that has taken place in their ears, God, that it would be exposed and it would be thrown away with today, God, as they are making a decision to flee from those, God. Lord, you've got to replace it now, God. You've got to re-speak into those ears. You've got to speak their name. You've got to speak their, your love for them, that they are chosen in the heavenly places, God. And Father, I pray that as you give them counsel, God, Lord, you would give them the spirit, the strength of God, Lord, to cause them to walk out of this counsel that you're, you're pulling them into, God. You said, God, that you're leading us on a path of righteousness, God. You said that, God. You said you're going to take us to good pasture lands. So, Father, every person that has lifted their ears, I'm praying for the binding up, God, of the spiritual darkness, God, that has tried to speak over their life in the name of Jesus. And I pray for a loosening, God, for, for heaven's voice to be loose in their ears. In the name of Jesus Christ, God, this is your victory today, God. Now, Lord, we lift up our hands and we just say, you're our shepherd and we don't want any other shepherd, God. We don't want nobody else to rule our life, to guide our life, to speak into our life, God. You are our shepherd, you are our shepherd, God.